I want to apologize for the Christmas music that bleeds through. I thought I had it turned down low enough, and evidently my microphone is a lot more sensitive than what I thought. My apologies. God bless y'all, and remember to like, share, and subscribe if you will. Hey everybody, I hope and pray that you had a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving, and that you thank God for what you have, and for what you don't have, because there's a reason behind it. This week we're going to get back to our spiritual warfare series and how to prepare. You know, we are in the armor of God. And we're up to the shoes of the gospel of peace. I mean, I guess you could call them boots, but, you know, uh, when you think about going to war, soldiers used to wear boots, but now seems like a lot of stuff is done, like, through politicians and bureaucrats. So I don't think that they wear boots, but I could be wrong. And I could be wrong about all the other stuff. But... Anyway, let's get into the Gospel of the Shoes of Peace. The purpose of all wars is peace. And that's a quote from Augustine. So, let's, let's take a look back at, since we've, it's been a couple of weeks, let's take a look back at Ephesians 6.15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And again, that is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. Now, this, this again, you know, to remind you, is written by Paul while he is imprisoned in Rome. Uh, more than likely, it's the first time that he was ever imprisoned uh, in Rome. Around the year AD 60 to 62, and yeah, this comes from a Google search and that little, that little snippet, you know, featured snippet or whatever. Um, that's what it said because... I knew that Paul had written it while he was in prison, but I wasn't sure, like, the, the year, and, you know, found out it was likely the first time he was imprisoned in Rome, so I thought that was really interesting, and can confirm that, that Paul was definitely wearing, you know, his spiritual armor by looking at a couple of verses here, um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, and the basis for this podcast, Ephesians 6 and 20. Let's, look, let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 here. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of, of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, Okay, um, again, that's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. Now, this 
this does confirm that he was in prison. And again, I do believe the, you know, the, the physical building. But, you know, Paul's also telling us here that, you know, those who are believers in Christ are in bonds. And, and we, I don't mean like bonds as in like literal handcuffs and literal chains and literal things like that. But we are bonded to Christ, meaning that we are close to him. We are in him. He is in us. We're, we're bonded in that way. And in a way, it is us imprisoning ourselves in Christ because we know that, I mean, there's no better warden. There's no better prison to be in than Jesus, you know, to know that he secures us, that he surrounds us, and that he protects us. And, again, Paul is writing to the Ephesians here. And, you know, as we move on to verse, oh, excuse me, not verse, but chapter 4, verse 1, to further showcase that Paul is indeed um, imprisoned, Paul confirms it in chapter 4, verse 1, but he also gives us a challenge. And let's, let's look at chapter 4, verse 1 here. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that, that you walk worthy of the vocation of wherewith ye are called. Again, that is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And... Uh, again, and I'll try not to keep apologizing for this, but, you know, um, I'm not as good as a, a buddy of mine that, you know, is blind and is a is a pastor. And you can't even tell he's, you know, listening to a screen reader, and I just haven't got that knack down yet. Um, you know, mostly because I just don't think about it whenever I'm typing out my notes. Um, so... Uh, but but I do my best. I do my best. Now, again, like I said, this is likely the first imprisonment in, uh, of Paul. But you know, it, it it challenges us there to to be ready to go forth and to spread you know the peace. But we'll we'll get to that a little bit later on because I also want to look here. And give you a little bit of of information. There is at least. 30 times that shoes are mentioned in King James. You know, some searches and results that showed up said 30, some said 75, some said 60. So there's the lowest number that I came across was 30. So there's at least 30 times that, you know, shoes are mentioned and I, I didn't look at all of them, so I'm not sure if it's like just feet. You know, I, did, I didn't search up just feet because I wanted to to see how many times like shoes are mentioned. And it's not as much as some things, and it's, you know, more than others. So, but there is importance to shoes, and I don't want to say that they're not or indicate that they're not. Um, in, let's see here. 
as of 2022, in the United States alone, there were 873 shoe manufacturers. And that was a decline of 0.2% from the previous year. And you think, that's a lot. Well, it is. You know, and me, I, I think Reebok, I think Adidas, is it Fila or Fila, and then the Nike. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. But there's there's all kinds of of different shoes. You have tennis shoes, you have running shoes, you have dress shoes, you have sports shoes like cleats, golf cleats, football cleats, baseball cleats, you have dress shoes, you have high heels, you have sandals, you have zero shoes, which are like I said, my personal favorite. And on top of that you also have zero sandals, which you know, both the zero shoes and the zero sandals make you feel like you're walking barefoot while giving you minimal protection. I really like them. Um, I don't like them so much whenever I step on a rather large rock, but all in all, they're extremely comfortable. They make your feet feel better. And, you know, I'm not saying this will work for everybody, but I haven't had a whole lot of joint pain in my legs, like wearing them. Um... To the point of like me not wanting to wear out my zero shoes, I actually run on my treadmill with water shoes because I mean it's the same concept there, and I I don't get off of it when my legs hurting or my feet hurting. So um, they work for me. They may not work for you. Uh, they're not the cheapest shoes in the world, um, but nor they're the most expensive. Which you know I want to. I want to tell you about some of these shoes right here. The Rita Hayworth Heel by Stuart Weisman, I guess is how you say his name. They sell for $3 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That grabs your attention, don't it? Yeah. It grabbed mine. Let's look at this pair of shoes. Less Ruby Slippers by... Harry Winston are also three million dollars. Diamond stilettos by Debbie Wingham, fifteen million dollars. Yeah, that's a one five million. Diamond shoes by Jada Dubai X Passion. 17 million. Yeah, 17 million. And Antonio Vitri created a pair of shoes called Moonstar shoes that sell for 19.9 million dollars. Almost $20 million for a pair of shoes. And obviously, someone bought them. I mean, I'm sure someone did. But it makes you, it makes me wonder, like, say, say two actresses that 
have a ton of money, both bought a pair. You know, think, oh, these are unique. I'm going to be fine. You know, I'm going to stand out. And then you walk into this, like, award ceremony, and there's, like, three other pairs. Yeah. I, me, personally, I'd be like, I, well, I just wasted $20 million. You know, but a lot of them people have a lot more money than I have, which is cool. That's fine. I'm happy. You know, I don't care if I did have that kind of money. I wouldn't be spending it on shoes. I mean, but shoes, like I've said, are extremely important. And, you know, we need to, to make sure to place them upon our feet and be ready. You know, sometimes I'll walk around my house barefooted. You know, more times than not, I'm wearing like a sandal or something. But we, we wear them to keep our feet secure, to protect the bottom of our feet. But let's look at let's look at this verse here. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And that comes from Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, where God is talking to Moses, and Moses acknowledges the truth of what God is saying, and that the ground actually is holy because it is God there by taking his shoes off. He's showing respect. He's showing worship. And, you know, a lot of people... Not me, but I, I've been in people's houses, and it's fine. It's no big deal to me where, you know, you're supposed to take your shoes off at the door. That's fine. I, I don't mind doing that. I just don't do it at my house, you know, because people don't want to mess up the carpet or mess up the floor or bring stuff, you know, outside in to get all in the carpet and on the floor. So it's a show of respect for us and acknowledging their for lack of a better term, like for, for their domain, for their dwelling, and, and their rules by taking the shoes off. You know, they just better hope people don't have stinky feet, because I've definitely come across some people with some stank to their feet. But the thing is, we take it off acknowledging them and what they have said, the rules that they have put down. And, and Moses is doing it here because God has told him to. And a little bit of uh, knowledge or trivia knowledge for you here. According to my research, this is the first time the word holy is used in the King James Bible. You know, Moses showed his understanding of what God was saying by taking his shoes off. You know, we wouldn't want to walk on hot sand barefoot. We would not want to walk on glass barefooted. We wouldn't want to walk on rocks barefooted. So we wear shoes, like I said earlier, to protect our feet, the bottom of our feet. Now, I know living down here in South Georgia, you know, the, the porches get kind of hot. You know, if there's no covering over them. 
you definitely don't want to stand on them barefooted. I don't care what kind of shoes you put on. I mean, <laughs> I I would put on Eskimo boots before I would want to walk on that hot wood or stand on that hot wood, you know, for any length of time because it hurts, it burns, and you know it can blister your feet. And not wearing the right kind of shoes, whether they're too tight or too loose, can cause you know blisters and discomfort. But here's Here's the thing, you know, you have to wear the right kind of shoes. Again, like I said, I like the zero shoes. I really enjoy slip-on shoes, mostly because I get tired of tying them. Um, And I feel weird wearing (laughs) Velcro-tied shoes, or I don't know if you really call them tied shoes. Call them Velcro? I don't know. But... I mean, I used to do them for ease, but it's like, I bet I look like a 40-year-old kindergartner that can't tie his shoes, <laughs> you know. Um, but the right kind of shoes is important for the right kind of situation. Again, you would not want to wear high-heeled shoes if you're a female golfer and you're going golfing. The same is true. You wouldn't want to wear combat boots if you're a basketball player. You know, you wouldn't want to wear bedroom slippers if you're playing football. The situation dictates what kind of shoes that you wear. You know, so that's why going into any situation wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace is perfect. They fit each and every situation you can possibly think of and come up with. You know, again, you wouldn't want to walk on glass, broken glass, barefooted. The world outside is enemy territory. No matter what way you look at it, you know, Christians getting persecuted here in the United States, still getting martyred in different parts of the world. You know, we need to understand that the world is the enemy. And we need to be like Jesus and wear the shoes of the gospel of peace. Therefore, whenever we are out there in the world where there's fighting, there's biting, there's gnashing, there's betrayal, wait a second. All that was going on in Jesus' time, too. Yeah. So, we need to follow in his footsteps and wear the gospel shoes of peace. We need to show that we're ready. We need to go forth and be prepared. And the only way you can fully prepare is by putting on each piece of the holy armor of God in which the shoes are the base. They are the base of peace on which we walk. And why do we walk in peace? Why are the gospel shoes peace? Because Jesus was all about peace. He was about showing peace, love, grace, and mercy 
all four of which we can all do to increase or to live by or to not not idolize that ain't the word I'm looking for to to make ourselves be like that to to imitate um I can't think of the word so my apologies there but we need to be more like Jesus so that's why we should put these on and wear them and remember that Jesus went into all kinds of different places that were not good you know the human aspect of them was not good they were of the world but Jesus still went there you know spreading the peace you know and and that's what we need to do go forth and spread the peace you don't I'm not saying that missionaries or missions to other countries are not important. They are. They're extremely important. But I'm of the opinion that we need to do it here as well. And it doesn't seem that there's that many of those that that do it here. So we need to go forth and be missions missionaries we need to go forth and spread the love the grace the mercy and the peace of Jesus the gospel shoes of peace we need to walk the same path as Jesus now let's look at the verse that this podcast gets its name from for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And that is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20. Like I said earlier in this podcast, the shoes are not bonds. As we think of handcuffs and you know chains and those little zip ties I think that they use now they're not those kinds of bonds they are the bond how I look at it as like Jesus is our Savior he's our best friend he sticks closer than a brother we're bonded in that way they secure our peace they secure the peace in Jesus whenever we wear them and it showcases the love peace grace and mercy of Jesus whenever we truly wear them and truly truly utilize them they give us the comfort of knowing that we are in Christ that we have his peace surrounding us they are also a reminder of how and where we should walk and how and when we should walk in Jesus. Just as a lot of clothing can look bold and eye-catching, shoes can be bold and eye-catching too. They can be flashy even. How many of you remember the L.A. Lights? I had a pair. Oh, yeah. What about the British Knights? had a pair of them, too. And did you know they still make them? Oh, yeah. They have some sandals and some tennis shoes. 
And, you know, of course, me, I just want them for nostalgia reasons. I don't remember if the shoes were comfortable. I don't remember anything about them other than I had a pair in kindergarten. But whatever style shoe you want to imagine as you put it on, just remember that it is the gospel brand and the peace brand. It's the gospel shoes of peace. And now as I get ready to close out this episode, I ask you to please bow your head and and pray along with me. God, I come to you today, and first of all, I want to thank you for each and every person that listens to this. Lord, I thank you for giving me the courage to do this podcast and to continue this podcast. Lord, not to give myself praise, but Lord, so that I may speak boldly the name of your son, Jesus, and that, Lord, whether one hear it, 20 hear it, or Lord, 10,000 hear it, and Lord, even if no one hears, I know that I have grown closer to you. I know that I have learned from this research, and Lord, I know that you are with me. And Lord, I just pray that you'll be with each and every person that listens to this. Lord, that they will stop this episode and realize that they have grown closer to you. And they will have the desire to wear the gospel shoes of peace all of the time. Lord, that they will be prepared to go into this battle of the world. They will be ready to go in places that a lot of people don't want to go in. Lord, that you will give them the courage, that you will give them the strength, and Lord, that you will give them the guidance that they need. Lord, continue to be with each and every one of us, be with our loved ones. Lord, be with this nation and this world that has turned their back on you. Lord, I pray for those who are hurting, for those that are suffering. Lord, if there's anyone that's listening to this that does not know you, Lord, I pray that this podcast has planted a seed and that they will seek to know you more, to seek to get to know you, Lord, to seek you, to accept you as their Lord and Savior. And God, if there's anybody who has, we say, backslidden and turned away from you, I pray that something that they hear in this podcast will grab their attention and and that they will turn back to you, Lord, and want to grow closer to you. Lord, continue to be with us, be with this podcast, Lord, that it reaches those who need to hear it. And Lord, as I get ready to stop this, Lord, I pray that you will be glorified in each and everything that we do. I pray that you will give us the strength to speak boldly the name of your son, Jesus. And in your precious and holy name, I pray. Amen.